And welcome back to the Jackrabbit Illustrated podcast. Uh, I, I am alone tonight. Uh, folks had to cancel for various reasons. Uh, so my son, Miles, is joining me tonight for this show. He'll be checking out here pretty soon and going to bed, but uh, he wanted to sign in and say hello. So hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back. Thanks for everyone that's tuned in the past two weeks uh, with the with the various lineups we've had. Uh, it's been pretty fun, um, you know, just seeing everything, uh, looking at the FCS landscape. Uh, last week, our, our guest that we had on, uh, really great for that. So tonight, because this is just me tonight, right, um, please keep the questions coming. I'll be doing my best to check the comments as we go along here. Uh, it's good to be back uh, and, and with you guys. So I'm very excited about that. Um, again, get the questions. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're checking in at, uh, let us know. But tonight's show is going to be focused on the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And uh, we're going to be kind of going through uh, the, the teams in the league, players to watch, some predictions about standings, things like that, um, and then maybe what the playoff outlook looks like uh, for the conference. So uh, excited again. These are teams that we know. These are players we're familiar with. I was able and fortunate enough this summer to do breakdowns for four of the teams. Sorry, I didn't get to the last four. Um, just time got away from me. Um, and maybe that's something that will still happen here in the next couple of weeks. We'll get to the last uh, Valley teams on the schedule. So before we get too deep into this, need to give a shout out to our title sponsor here, uh, Kaboto Dealers of South Dakota. Uh, and as, as, uh, <laughs> As uh, Brendan alluded to on a previous podcast, uh, yes, Kubota of, of uh, Eastside Implement in Watertown hooked me up with an awesome tractor uh, that I've used to, well, mow my yard a couple times this summer. It's been a little dry, uh, but moved a bunch of dirt, leveled the dirt with the loader, um, you know, a bunch of honeydew projects, and then has have a snowblower attachment with it for this winter to uh, move some snow. So I'm uh, looking forward to that, I guess. Maybe not so much after last winter. If I didn't have to blow any snow, uh, that'd be all right. There's a bunch of dealerships in South Dakota uh, to look at, no matter where you're at in the state. Um, and uh, we appreciate John and his team there, the South Dakota uh, Kubota dealers, um, you know, just for, for really everything. Uh, they were a sponsor last year at our tailgate and uh, really appreciate them. So Thank you, Kubota. All right. So let's get in to the Missouri Valley Football Conference tiers. Um, I had a tweet out earlier this summer, long ago, probably late spring, just kind of putting everyone into their tiers, right? Uh, top tier SDSU. Uh, I do think they're kind of on their own this year, kind of coming back as the national champs. I don't think that's being disrespectful to anyone. Uh, it's just it's just what it is. Um NDSU in that second tier, I do have them uh, by themselves in that second tier. Again, just I, I think they're just a little bit above uh, the rest of the conference, and we'll get into that and you know individually on these teams a little bit. Third tier, these are teams that I expect to make the playoffs or at least heavily compete for the playoffs this year. Uh, UND, Youngstown State, and U and I. Um, this is this is really. Um, a fun tier to talk about. I have some notes on them. I did previews, I think, on all these teams uh, in this tier. 
Um, maybe not UND, but I know them well enough that we can talk through it tonight. Uh, next tier, this is the weird tier, right? That these teams could go either direction or they could still end up in this in this fourth tier here. Uh, USD, which I'll get into that. Some people may think, Matt, why do you have them so high? Uh, USD, Illinois State, Southern Illinois, and Missouri State. These teams have a lot more questions than answers at this point in the season. Um, and so this will be interesting to talk about. This fifth tier, we are going to spend hardly any time talking about them because they stink and because the Jacks don't play them this year. Um, I don't foresee these teams having a chance to make the playoffs, and uh, that's probably disrespectful. And if this shows up on one of their hype things, um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but Indiana State, Western Illinois, uh, and Murray State, welcome to the Valley. Uh, Indiana State, we'll just start talking about these guys right now. Um, Indiana State and Western Illinois were awful last year. They, Jacks, you know, played them and just awful. Uh, they didn't look like a Missouri Valley team. They were small. Um, they, their offenses were not good. Um, defenses were slow. So they, they won't be competitive. Um, Murray State, I'd be shocked if they're competitive. I don't know a thing about Murray State. Um, couldn't tell you a single one of their players, to be honest. Uh, Western Illinois, that's interesting. That's where A.J. Coons went, uh, you know, former Jack Robert wide receiver. Uh, we did see a tweet a couple weeks ago from one of their receivers coaches, I believe, or offensive coordinator, someone like that, saying, hey, anyone interested that's not committed yet, come play wide receiver for Western Illinois. Uh, so that's not a good sign right now uh, for that program. And them dropping down to the Ohio Valley is probably the right decision for their program. Uh, quick timeout. Miles, you better go to bed. You're yawning, blinking. See you later. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Good night. All right. We close the door, please. Thank you. All right. Uh, there we go. Now we can talk shop, right? Um so those are the three bottom programs in that tier five, Indiana State, Western Illinois, Murray State. Uh, Jacks don't play them. Not going to spend a ton of time talking about them, right? Sorry, Dallas. It was time for bed. You saw those yawns. Um, all right. Before we dive into the rest, got to thank our next sponsor, Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love Culver's. Stan Becton, who treat, tweets and, and uh, writes for uh, NCAA FCS coverage, um, put out a list today of his top burger joints, top 10, and he did not have Culver's on that list. Uh, our friend, Brendan Thumper, uh, roasted him pretty good. Uh, I made a nice cordial offer inviting him to Brookings and I will take him out to Culver's after a Jack's football game where he can experience a butter burger. Uh, but you know, I thought about doing what Dallas would do and getting him a curd burger um, but you know, I, I didn't know how a standard react to that. I don't know how health conscious he is, uh, but we'll see if he's up for a curd burger. Um, but anyways, when you're in Brookings in New Watertown, stop into Culver's, get that butter, butter burger, get that cement mixer, um, onion rings, cheese curds, whatever it is, whatever your, uh, whatever your flavor is. And our buddy, um, the Rev, Finally, it's to have Culver's. He's coming to the Montana State game. So we're pretty darn excited about that. So, all right. 
let's talk the next tier. We're going to talk tier four, right? Uh, so this is an interesting when We're going to get into the Jack schedule here in a little bit. But these teams, Illinois State, Southern Illinois, USD, and Missouri State, um, are just, right, they're interesting. They've had coaching changes. Um, they've had player personnel changes. They weren't very good last year. Maybe they graduated a ton of players. So uh, I, I'm very interested in this. So let's start with Illinois State. So the Jacks are at Illinois State this year. Um, and last year when we saw them in Brookings, right, Zeke Vanderbaugh uh, had a terrific game, just an insane game. He was all over the field. He ended up winning uh, the FCS Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, just an absolute nightmare on the field. Uh, they had they had a really good cornerback last year, Frankie um, Frankie West, I believe was his name. He's gone. He grad, he transferred out. Uh, Jason Luan, that big D tackle, gone. Um, he, he was he's with the Packers in training camp actually. Uh, so I don't know. He. That, I don't know what to expect if their defense is going to take a step back with losing so much star power. Um, not 100% sure on that one. Uh, but offensively, we didn't get a good taste of what they can do offensively last year. Uh, they were down to their third string freshman quarterback, something like that. A bunch of running backs dinged up. Um, offensive line was having issues that day. And, and their season, they, they just couldn't do anything offensively. Uh, they were not good last year. Um, they were ranked eighth out of the 11 teams in the Valley on offense, um, struggled to put up points consistently scoring just 17.3 points per game. And that's just not going to get it done. So they need to make sure that their, uh, offense, you know, takes a step forward, but their offense has not been very good for a number of seasons. Now it's not the explosive teams that we used to see, um, at Southern Illinois is another game that I'm watching out for. They still have Nick Baker. Um, and they still have Justin Strong and Ramir Elliott in the backfield, um, but they graduated uh, their other big back that was around forever, uh, Javon, uh, whatever this big, the big backs was, and they graduated their good wide receiver. Um, so it's, it's an interesting year for Southern Illinois. They lose their defensive coordinator to NDSU, and then they lose their new defensive coordinator to Northwestern, uh, just this last week. So as your players are reporting, your new defensive coordinator, gone, just like that. Um, and so that's an interesting, interesting thing. Um, I, I just don't know on uh, where they're going to be at this year offensively. Baker's a nice player, but I don't think he can do it himself. Um, and that's, again, that's not a shot at him. It's just uh, he, he needs help, right? Um and I feel bad. I'm going to have to look up who their receiver was last year. Can anyone put it in the chat? Who's, who was Southern Illinois' good, good receiver last year or for a number of years? Leaders. There we go. De Deontay Cox. Yep, there we go. His brother's still there. Yep, thanks, Corey. Corey Caraway. There you go. Uh, you get a beer from Chad at tailgating now. Excellent. Uh, Avante Cox. There we go. His brother is still there. Yep. Deontay. There we go. Yep. Avante graduated. Deontay is still there. So interesting. Um, so we'll see, right? Uh, Southern Illinois is going to be just a team that I don't know. That's why they're in the fifth tier um, or the fourth tier. 
Uh, they, they might make a playoff spot. They might be awful. We'll see. Uh, next game at USD, right? Uh, so this one, Corey Caraway again with a good comment here. Bowman at USD with a full season with Davis might be sneaky good. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Aiden Bauman last year, I think, gave their offense some juice and was really kind of looking, you know, I thought looking good. And then they got into that last week of the season and completely got demolished by you and I. Um, so I, I just, I just don't know on that one. Um, Davis, I think, wants a dual threat quarterback, and that isn't that isn't Bauman. Um, so we'll see if he can make it work. Um, I believe Davis, though, was the offensive coordinator at SDSU when we had Austin Sumner, who was less than mobile. So uh, no shot at Austin. Yeah, so um, that's just something to pay attention to there. They get back um, Nate Thomas, that really good running back. You'll remember our last game in the Dome, and no one could tackle Nate Thomas, and they still have Travis Tice, um, and they still have Carter Bell, who I'm guessing Davis will figure out how to get them him the ball, something that previous offensive coordinator couldn't do. Uh, Carter, Carter Bell is a good player. Um, they have a decent tight end in J.J. Galbraith, and their offensive line, though, is the issue, right? They fired their offensive line coach, brought in someone new. Uh, we'll see. They lost their best offensive lineman. They lost their best wide receiver from last year, Wesley Elidor. We'll talk about him in a little bit when we talk about UND. Um, but they're, they're going to have some issues there on offense, I think. Um, but I, absolutely, Davis, once they get clicking with what Davis can do, uh, friend of the pod, Josh Davis. Have we ever had a former coach on the pod that went to a rival like this? I don't know. This is just, uh. Um, so in USD's defense, though, I do think their defense is actually going to be pretty decent this year. Um, they bring back two of the top linebackers in the Valley in uh, Hillis and Mogensen, Brock Mogensen, really good cornerback. Um, that, that didn't see the field against the Jacks. He got hurt. And his um, – what's his name? They're good corner. He, they, um, he had one of the best – Miles Harden had one of the best halves of football uh, against North Dakota State that, that I've ever seen from a cornerback. I think a forced fumble, sack, interception, um, just a very impressive half of showing. Um, he's fast. He's big. Can really cover um so that's a player that's an exciting player on the outside to watch they shifted brandon webb um who was a down defensive lineman probably a little undersized for the three four out to an outside linebacker rush end elephant end type of position um so that's an interesting thing to watch um webb's a nice player um nick gaze probably had a down year after you know having seven sacks or something like that his sophomore year i think he only had four or so last year so if he bounces back, you know, that's going to help. Definitely some other questions outside of Harden in their secondary. They did graduate a fair amount. They lost some to transfer. Um, so USD, interesting to watch. Missouri State, right? Uh, last year, this was a game we were really looking forward to was Missouri State down there in Springfield. Um, and they hyped it up as like the game of the century for their program. Uh, the biggest game ever. And the Jacks came out and just smacked them around. Missouri State kind of made a nice little comeback. Um, 
made it interesting, right, until the end. Um, but the Jacks took care of business on plaster. It's a tough place to play. Um, you know, just it's hot. So it's a fast turf. Um, and again, that was a, that was a talented team. Um, there was a bunch of talented players. I wouldn't call them a team. That's definitely for sure. Um, uh, obviously, folks know Bobby Petrino left, and then he left his new program right away. So he pulled a Petrino and just quit um, before even starting. And now he's the offensive coordinator, I think, at Texas A&M or Tech or some, somewhere down there in Texas, and that's okay. Um, Missouri State's interesting, though, right? Uh, they brought in a ton of new players. Uh, Josh Note, Jason Shelley's gone. Uh, their running back's gone. Their wide receiver's gone. Their cornerback punt returner's gone. Uh, their offensive lineman uh, went to Colorado uh, to play for, for Coach Prime. And so uh, Missouri, Missouri State's just in a weird place. They brought in a bunch of transfers again. They hired from within for, for a coordinator or for the head coach uh, who was a defensive coordinator, I want to say. Players really seemed to like him. They were exciting. Um, so it's just going to be really interesting to see what happens with Missouri State. This is the last game of the season in Brookings. Um, so by the time they get to Brookings, uh, their season may be over, and they're not going to want to play in that cold weather. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, but that's a team that probably could have gone more towards Tier 5 right now just because of all the unknowns. But Petrino, you know, for as much as he loved the portal and, and turning that program around quick, also recruited really well down there at Missouri State um, for incoming freshmen. He actually kind of, you know, recruited his local kids for once in Missouri, something previous regimes have not done down there. Um, so they, they have good talents in the pipeline. Whether or not they're, they're as invested and bought into the program uh, as Petrino got them to be, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Rev, Rev, a friend of the pod. Uh, an SDSU's favorite podcaster, Dustin Helton, says it could be a motorcycle wreck of a season for Missouri State. Good one. Thanks, Rev. <laughs> That's perfect. All right. And Josh Hoffman let me know that um, he's Petrino's at Texas A&M. So excellent. All right. The next tier, right? And these are teams that I think will definitely be in playoff contention. And this is scary because the Jacks – play all three of these teams only one road game though and we'll get to that in just a sec um but und uh, that's the first game that's the opener of missouri valley play end of september should be a beautiful night already got my tickets for that one bring the family down uh should be fun uh, my son is actually interested in sports this year you just met him miles so really excited about that to be able to sit and watch a game with him uh hopefully it's good but this offense for UND, I think, is going to be really, really good this year. Uh, they Last year, they, you know, um, stood fifth in the Valley, putting up, you know, uh, Jeepers. Where are my points at? There we go. Thank you. They're fourth in the Valley at 30 points per game. And we all know Tommy Schuster, right? Uh, a steady Eddie at quarterback. He's not going to wow you with anything he does but he's going to just play smart, heady football. Um, he threw this pick six last year to Dyshawn, and that is such a rarity for Tommy Schuster to do something like that. Um, he just doesn't make mistakes. His number one target, Bo Belquist, is back. And, folks, if you need to pay attention to Bo Belquist if you're not. Just a super talented player. Uh, last year, 
63 receptions, right? And we know UND's quick hitting offense, but 63 receptions, 811 yards, six touchdowns. Um, just, just a great, great fun player to watch. Um, he's undersized. Both him and Schuster are undersized. And I think that's what makes maybe like, you know, they're just kind of fun to watch out there. Uh, and as I mentioned, they added USD's top receiver from last year, Wesley Elidor, uh, who is a good player, 6'1", 6'2", uh, solid in the return game, a good punt returner. Um, and, and really, I think this is going to be a – Elidor is a good route runner, and this is going to fit his system, right, these quick hits. Um, they do lose Garrett Mogg, who big-bodied receiver, uh, just, you know, a rare, you know, Yankee-esque type player. Um, with some of the stuff he could do. Uh, so Mog is gone. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with him. You know, they have the dual quarterback system that they run sometimes. Uh, the big, the big kid uh, from, from Canada, a lot of the, the sneaks, the quarterback sneaks that they have uh, that he runs. He's not much of a threat passing still. I thought they'd develop that with him a little bit more than they have, uh, but it just hasn't seemed to come along uh, for him for whatever reason. And so I, that's not something they do. Uh, so I'm really interested to see on that um, what they do offensive line wise. They're okay. They brought in some transfers um, at running back. You know they they lose Tyler Hoosman, who had a good season up there, his lone season. I believe he's playing in one of the leagues now. Um, but they brought in an interesting transfer, um, Donovan Hunt, who was originally a Wisconsin walk-on, uh, left there, went JUCO for a year went to Jackson State last year, and then uh, maybe Jackson State for two years or Juco for two years, somewhere in there, but then hit the portal and then uh, joined, joined UND midsummer here. So Donovan Hunt's a player to watch. Um, that's something that the Jacks kind of looked at in the recruiting uh, cycle years ago. It's just a name I remember out of Wisconsin. Um, decent little player, so at least he was then. We'll see on that. Defensively, this is where they were a mess last year, right? Um, they were one of the worst Valley teams in defense, um, ninth, giving up 30.8 points per game. And we saw that, right? That was a shootout up there in the Laris Center. Um, they just they couldn't stop the Jacks. It was Tucker's first game back. Remember, Tucker had the long um, onside kick return that he almost housed. Um, so that's something to, to pay attention to is their defense. Are they going to be any better at all? Uh, they do have a good cornerback. Um, they've lost a lot in their linebacker group. They did bring in some transfers or a transfer for sure on the defensive line, trying to add some bulk. Um, cause that's one of the things, right. That we've said about UND since we started playing them. Uh, I, I remember, you know, when we were doing previews of them, just talking about how small their defensive line is versus the other Valley teams and, and, and some of the top teams in the FCS, right? You have to have some size on your defensive line and they just, they don't have it. Uh, they're linebackers. They lose a bunch of good linebackers. And again, I think it's their cornerback, Jason Coley, I think is the, the defensive player that's returning. That could be wrong on that too. But anyways, though that's UND, you know, outside of the, um, Outside of the Alara Center, right? We never know for sure what we're going to get out of them. Um, they're not great on the road. They did play the Jacks tough two years ago, I think, to close out the season in Brookings. 
just kind of an ugly game that we were all like a uh, un- little unsure of. Um, so we'll just see on that, right? Um, all right. Next up, where are we at? Youngstown State. There we go. We've had lots of questions about Youngstown State. And this is uh, kind of an exciting team this year. Really a lot of hype on them uh, because they were close to making the playoffs last year. They feel strongly. Their fan base feels very strongly that they should have made it um, into the playoffs last year. And I think, you know, they may have a case. They probably could have won a game, you know, the first round games. I, I, I don't see anything saying no to that. But their schedule overall was pretty weak last year. They didn't have any quality wins. Um, they lost at UNI in a game they really needed to win to have a strong case for the playoffs, I think. So, you know, we'll see. Um, Youngstown loses, though, Jaleel McLaughlin. And, again, I, that, this is one of the teams I did the preview for. And it was some just insane number of their total yards and total points that McLaughlin accounted for. Um, he's, he's gone. He's in Denver Broncos camp making waves. Looks like he's going to have a great, great year. They lose their center. Um, Mike McAllister, I believe was his name. And McAllister was a very good offensive lineman, underrated offensive lineman for them for a number of years. Um, at left tackle though, they do bring back, uh, yeah, Jason Williams, who's a very good player big uh he was first team valley on my list and then he ended up being voted first team valley so uh, he's a player to watch uh bryce oliver at wide receiver very good player their quarterback right this is where it's getting interesting gets interesting um i just had it pulled up here their quarterback mitch davidson um he last year was not asked to do a lot, right? Because he had Jaleel McLaughlin to hand off to a big offensive line that could really road grade teams down. Uh, he was the eighth rated passer uh, in the Valley. So he had 12 touchdowns. He completed 59.2% of his passes for 1600 yards. So not awful, um, but it was the fourth fewest yards in the Valley by starting quarterback um, close to the fewest touchdowns. And then his average per game was 146 per game. So, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. Can Davidson handle a higher workload, right? I don't know. Um, he He's a player that, you know, they, they feel strongly about. He was, you know, he replaced a, a transfer that they had that came from Army. I really like their head coach um, at Youngstown. He is someone that seems to be building things the right way after Pelini kind of just flamed out there. Um, I don't know how else to say it about Bo Pelini. You can have your thoughts about his coaching styles and all those things, but I think ultimately he did just flame out at the end um, for Youngstown. Uh, their defense, though, this is where they're probably going to win some games this year. Uh, their defense returns nearly everyone besides a linebacker who was sharing time last year and a safety who was also sharing time. Uh, their, their defense, you know, has lots of depth in the secondary number of players who have, um, who have played, um, lots of games, lots of starts. Um, they, it's just going to be interesting to see with them, uh, what they, what they end up doing, um, because they, they have a number of players. Dylan Woodkey is a player to watch. He's on most Missouri Valley, all conference teams, really a high motor player 
at that defensive end spot. Um, just kind of like a pain in the ass player, lunch pail, that's just going to um, be disruptive, right? Uh, their, their cornerback, this is kind of interesting, right? I wrote this in the blog about Youngstown. Troy Jakubic, I think is his name, looked like he was going to have a just a dynamite career for them in the spring season. He just was one of the most impressive freshmen that we saw out there. I believe he had a pick six against NDSU, if not a, a big interception in that game. Now, since that spring season, though, he started like half the games, hasn't made many impact plays. I don't know if he has another interception to his name at that point. Um, but just a player that, you know, you thought was going to have this great career and just hasn't done anything, you know, extraordinary in the tiers after that. Um, having some issues with the stats right now. So apologize for that. I'd like to give you some team stats there. All right. Scoring. Thank you. All right, so defensively, Youngstown State was fourth, right, in the conference at 25.4 points per game. Um, rushing is where they were, you know, really good again. Third in the conference, 120 rushing yards per game, which is pretty stout. And I know we've gotten used to, uh, you know, last year SDSU's run defense was 88 yards per game, which is just insane. Uh, but, again, it's passing where they kind of fell off, right? And it was 233 yards per game through the air. And that's that's just that's a ton of that's a ton of passing yards uh, in the valley, and so Youngstown's really get even though they have players with experience right in the secondary, they're going to have to uh, really get better there. Like that's just they're just going to have to get better than last year because if you're allowing 233 yards per game passing, you're not going to you know win as many games as you probably should with the talent you have in your roster. So my big questions for them. And again, they were on the bubble of being on this three line or four line for me um, in the terms of the tiers. But they're going to have to see if Davidson can actually be a proficient passing quarterback and not just rely on McLaughlin. And their passing defense is going to have to take a step forward or else teams will just pass. It doesn't matter how good they are stopping against the run. But I really like their head coach. He reminds me, you know, it's, it's kind of like the same feeling about the Detroit Lions right now in the NFC North. Right, they have this coach that's building things the right way that people are excited about, that respect. Um, but there's still, still some questions there, so we'll see. All right, finally, uh, we're going to get to the one team that uh, I just despise, and that's the University of Northern Iowa, the Panthers. Um, so we were there, <laughs> me and Chad, amongst others. Uh, you recall we're at that game last year that uh, was closer than it should have been, needed to be, anything like that. And you'll know from uh, anything you've read from me about this upcoming season, I expect you and I to come in on Hobo Day and win. That's just what they do. They spoil our Hobo Day. And until I see otherwise, that's what I'm going to believe. I think Theo Day is the best quarterback in the conference. Um, and that's not a shot at Mark. It's just I think Theoday is that good. Mark is also very good. But when you see Theoday throw the ball, it just looks different coming out of his arm. It's it's easy to see why he was a four or five star recruit, whatever he was at Michigan State. There's just a snap on it, and and he's a good player. Um, he makes some dumb decisions at times, but he's a hell of a passer. He has most of his weapons back, uh, plus. Austin Allen, um, Austin, 
Allen, the tight end. We missed him last year. Um, and and uh, he was injured for our game, but he had a really, really good season um, for them at tight end, and I think he's a difference maker. Uh, they do lose their running backs, right, that, that Dom Williams finally graduates. Um, the brothers, they had um, the McShane brothers are finally gone. So that's going to be interesting. Some offensive linemen are gone. Uh, big losses there, but you and I always find new offensive linemen. I am very interested. They do lose their offensive line coach to Iowa State, Ryan Clanton, who just is a hell of a developer, hell of a coach. Um, I'm surprised he lasted this long at UNI before moving on to uh, a bigger school, and Iowa State got a good one in my opinion. Uh, players really seem to like him. They brought in the offensive line coach that had been there before Clanton, uh, so that's interesting that they brought someone back. They also brought Jeremiah Johnson back, their defensive coordinator on that side of the ball. And that's probably, um, you know, good because he's a good defensive defensive coordinator and they lost so many players that we have known over the years. Uh, Kuvalier and their other linebacker and their safeties. And um, they had their cornerback leave. Uh, their, their kind of Swiss army knife is gone. Um, they do bring back one of their best corners in Wu Governor, who transferred in last year out of, I believe, Central Michigan. And then they dip back into the transfer portal this year to kind of reload that defense. Um, I believe it's like 15 or 16 players they're bringing in from the portal. Number of corners, number of defensive linemen. Um, really just a, a crazy uh, a crazy reload for this defense. Again, new defensive coordinator, tons of new players. Christian Boyd is a player I want to highlight on that defensive line. Um, big, big body, 300 pounds. I believe at one point he played at Iowa and then transferred out uh, to UNI. We see that a lot. A lot of Iowa transfers at UNI. Um, Houdling is a nice player that they have. They brought in an interesting player. Can I find him right now? Probably not just like a pass rush specialist from out East. I think he was a Kentucky commit or something like that. Um, number of sacks in his prep career, only a couple of seasons at Kentucky though, when he didn't do anything. So uh, if he's an undersized pass rusher, that's maybe something they've been missing the last couple of years. So that's something to watch out for this. You and I team though uh, is just, they're, they're going to be upset about how things went last year uh, down in Cedar Falls. Um, they feel like they were robbed with the, the leaping penalty that was called, even though by the book it was leaping, right? Um, it's still, you know, just a weird, weird thing there. All right. So now the next tier, NDSU. And, you know, there's argument. There's people saying NDSU is going to be further down in the Valley standings this year. Um, and I don't believe that, right? If – if the other Valley fan bases truly believe that, prove it. Prove it this year. If NDSU is as down as you think, you've got to win this year. Because, you know, if not, when? Um, it's well documented. They lost a ton of players from the portal, right? They lost a number of good players to graduation too, right? They're, they're secondary <laughs> and starting safeties, uh, two offensive linemen. But they were also very dinged up when we played them in Frisco, folks. 
and everyone's dinged up at that point, but they were without a number of preferred starters um, in that game. You know, offensive line, Jalen Sundell and Mason Miller are just two. Um, and those are nice players there. Uh, Cam Miller is going to have to play better this year, right? It, it, it's time if, if Cam Miller wants to win another cha- national championship at NDSU, um, he, he just needs to play better. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He has to be more consistent as a passer. Um, yes, he can run the ball. That's great. Um, speaking of running the ball, very interested in see what they're going to do in their backfield this year. Uh, TK Marshall um, is a heck of a player, someone that that I've really liked as a player when, from his recruiting uh, all the way, you know, till till now. Um, and, and I like personally, um, <laughs> I like their their running back, um, their other one that I've I've liked him for a number of years. Um, and I'm just lost on the name right now, which I know is goofy. So if someone out there that's listening, what's their running back? Because I can't find him right now. Because Kobe Johnson's gone. We talked about that. Hunter Lubke's gone. Tameric. Jeepers. It's getting late here. See, Dallas, this is why I need you. So <laughs> uh, thanks, Dallas. Tell everyone about how you think you and I will beat the Jacks this year, Matt. So yeah, and Dustin Helton. This isn't nice. Cam Miller leaving would be addition by subtraction for NDSU. Not nice. If they have, so that's the thing. So there's a there's a strong contingent of NDSU fans that are super super hyped up about Cole Payton, who was uh, an all world recruit out of the Omaha area. If Cole Payton was better than Cam Miller, I guarantee Cole Payton would be starting right now. Right? There's a reason Cam Miller's in there. Uh, we saw Cole Payton. Last year, throw that interception in the first matchup against the Jacks that that changed the momentum of the game when they tried to come in and run a trickeration play. Uh, the Jacks took the pick, and the game was completely different from that point on. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm really interested in that. Um, <laughs> sitting on a plane. All right, all right, all right. Um, so NDSU's defense, though, you know, let's look at them. Secondary is a mess. They brought in some transfers, um, nothing to write home about at this point. Um, one of them is Kaishan Nixon's, uh, Keyshawn Nixon's brother, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but he is from a JUCO out in California. Um, you know, his first year in the JUCO, meh, not much. He had a nice year last year, so we'll see. You just never know, right, what you're going to be getting. They also brought in another transfer from the MAC at corner. Uh, again, very limited production. We'll see uh, their safeties. Sam Jung, Sam Jung, however you're going to say it, uh, looks like a, probably one of their preferred starters. Uh, Reggie King's probably going to play a little bit of corner. Uh, big, big recruit for them a number of years ago. Uh, was that safety moving to corner now, which is a weird, weird move. You usually see corners go to safeties. Not too many safeties go to corner. So we'll see about that. Linebacker, they're pretty loaded. Um a number of good players with starting experience. Uh, they they lose uh, their big tackle machine from the last couple of years at linebacker. Names escaping me right now. Uh, defensive line though is where this team's going to eat. This looks like a classic. Um, <laughs> this looks like a classic uh, NDSU defensive line, right? They have the most start twins. They have Javier Derrett. They have those 
Kobe Huseman, um, some of the other young players that we saw last year on the interior. The ends, they're bringing in uh, two, uh, two transfers. Um, again, these transfers haven't played a ton at their other schools. One's from Arizona, Mojo Wirtz, who was one of the top players in the state of Illinois a few years ago. Um, he hasn't played at all at Arizona, so we'll see. He's actually moving from linebacker to defensive end, it sounds like, for them, or kind of a rush end. Uh, and the other one is uh, Hunter Zenzin, I want to say, uh, from Iowa State, former teammate of Blake Peterson's. Again, he didn't play much at Iowa State, uh, so we'll see what he can contribute. Uh, they bring back um, Jake Kava, who, who was injured early last season, but they lose Tony Pierce, and obviously the, the graduation – of uh, the big defensive end uh, from Watertown. So wagey. So we'll see. Like that's going to be a very interesting dynamic, right, with with NDSU's defensive line, bringing in these transfers, but having a ton of depth and experience on the interior, good linebacking core, and then lots of questions in the secondary. Um, Brexton Roth, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't NDSU have to go to the Unidome to play this season? Um, yeah, that's a great, I think they do. Yes, they do. Brexton. Um, we'll see you and I in NDSU used to be a terrific rivalry. And then the last few seasons, um, NDSU has just blown the doors off of them. It hasn't been competitive. You and I must use up all their juice on us or something because <laughs> it should be the teams we see against you and I, it feels like they should be able to compete with anyone in the Valley. Um, and that's just not the case. They, lay eggs against NDSU virtually every year now. So if they had to go down there and, and play, um, that'd be great. I'd love to see it. Uh, again, that defensive line for NDSU uh, may eat a kind of a revamped, a rebuilding you and I offensive line to pieces, or eat them up, whatever that is. Um, we'll see. That's, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Let's look at that on the schedule. Brexton, we do some research for me and, look that up and see when that game is because uh, that could be kind of fun to just keep an eye on as the season goes along. All right. And we're not going to talk about SDSU because the next two weeks we're talking about SDSU's offense and then SDSU's defense. All right. So let's talk about what are we talking about? The schedule, the Jack schedule. All right. So um, this area, this Talking about the Jackrabbit schedule, this segment's presented by Jackrabbit Central. Yes, Jackrabbit Central is back as a sponsor of the Jackrabbit Illustrated Podcast, and we could not be more excited to have them back. Um, you know, with multiple locations at the stadium on game day, a downtown Brookings, and then in the campus bookstore, the student union, uh, where it's always been. Uh, there's stuff I've been scoping it out online. They have stuff already ready for the blackout game, lots of black jacks gear. So get it ordered now for that Montana State game. So you're decked out in black. Uh, as I mentioned before, my kids are coming to more games this year. So I am very excited on that. Um, you know, because because they get to wear their jacks games, their jacks gear. Uh, they get to be at the games. So I'm going to be hitting up the bookstore uh, or the can't, sorry, Jackrabbit Central, not the bookstore, Jackrabbit Central to get them decked out in, in, in Jack's gear so that they're looking good. Uh, I don't know, but if, if anyone knows where I live in Appleton, Minnesota, it's uh, about a third bison, 
a third jackrabbits and a third gophers, probably in fan bases. So I love sending my kids to school in blue uh, in their jackrabbit stuff. So uh, hit up uh, jackrabbitcentral.com to get your uh, items ordered ahead of time if you don't want to go to the physical location. All right, so let's talk about schedule, right? So the Jacks, their their non-conference schedule, we all know Western Oregon in the Thursday night opener, August 31st, September 9th versus Montana State, which is a sellout, baby. How cool is that? Uh, we haven't even mentioned that yet. We're, what, 40, 45 minutes into the show, and we're just now mentioning that that game sold out. Kudos. Good job, Jackrabbit fans. Give yourselves a round of applause. Have a drink. Uh, whatever. That's going to be awesome. So very cool. All right. Then the target field game, which geez, we are so far into this and haven't talked about this either. Drake target field. Oh man. All right. So target field, uh, your Jackrabbit illustrated team is working with the twin cities alumni group. Um, they're doing the Jack, the loop, uh, thing up there and the tailgate, the pregame tailgate parties and Jackrabbit Illustrated is hosting the party at Cowboy Jacks. We are so excited for this. We've been in communication with the, the venue um, and we'll, we'll do a, a tweet out here pretty soon or maybe next week's episode actually go through um, what to expect at this. We're going to have a blast. Uh, gosh, if you came to our party down in Frisco, uh, we're going to have a blast up there at Cowboy Jacks. And if you've been to Cowboy Jacks before, you know it's a great time. So put, put these together. It's going to be awesome. All right. So Drake, September 16th. The Jacks have a bye. And then we get into September 30th, taking on UND. Again, this is a this is a tough game, right? This is a really tough game. Coming out of the bye, UND is a good team, good offense. We'll see about that defense, but we'll see. Uh, this could be a high-scoring game, actually. I love the Jacks' defense, but it seems like, you know, they kind of know how to work against this Jacks' defense. They just do. All right. After that, I'm still picking the Jacks to win that game, by the way. After that, October 7th at Illinois State. And it's a 6 p.m. game, which is weird. It feels like we always play Illinois State in the middle of the day. Uh, something weird usually happens. It's a frustrating game. But I don't think so this year. I think the Jacks take care of business out there in normal and come home with the win, setting up the Hobo Day game versus Northern Iowa. Again, it's well documented. I'm picking Northern Iowa in this one until the Jacks prove me wrong. They're, they don't play great on Hobo Day to begin with. They never play great against UNI. It's always a tougher game than it than it feels like it should be. Uh, I shouldn't say always. Uh, obviously, the the year of the the pick six um by uh oh my gosh it's one of my favorite plays ever help help kellen solick with the pick six to clinch the missouri valley football conference crown uh one of the best plays Woofta. it's getting late all right so next after hobo day after a, a, a disappointing hobo day defeat to the uni panthers the jacks head to Carbondale to take on Southern Illinois. And again, the Southern Illinois team, who knows, right? At this point, um, interesting, right? They're very interesting. Uh, Nick Baker's a good explosive player, exciting player. I just don't know what he has around him besides one of the Cox brothers, right? 
Isaiah Harstrap is another player, good wide receiver, high recruit a few years ago. Uh, we'll talk about him later when we get into their actual game. All right. But I think the Jacks are going to come away with a win at USD. This is a tricky game, folks. It is. Uh, the Jacks do not play well in Vermilion. We, we know this. This is USD's Super Bowl. We've said that forever. Um, this, you know, we Dallas has his dark horse pick being USD. Um, they, we, they have a great offensive coordinator. We know that. Um, so USD is going to be a tougher game than we expect. There's going to be a lot of blue in the stands, though, by the way. Tons of jackrabbits have been buying tickets for that. So that's exciting. Uh, but again, I, I hope they take it personally. The last two times they've been in that building, they've lost. Uh, once on the BS Hail Mary, and the other time they just they got beat. So uh, we'll see on that one. All right. After USD, the Jacks return home against North Dakota State. So again, they put the two biggest rivalry games back-to-back -back for us. Uh, nothing like just having your emotions and adrenaline up for 14 straight days. Um, I think the Jacks take care of business on one this one in the Dakota marker game. Uh, we just know how to play the NDSU right now. We just do. Uh, we'll see if they can match us with, for physicality at the line of scrimmage this year. That sounds ridiculous to say because for years and years and years, it was NDSU that owned the line of scrimmage. And now in the last four or five games, whatever it's been, SDSU is just taking care of business at the line of scrimmage. And again, that's going to be come across as disrespectful or whatever, but I think that's just a fact to anyone that's watched the games, right? <clears throat> All right. After NDSU, Youngstown State at Youngstown State. And this, this is a scary game, right? The Jacks should win this game. Should. It's, it's a long road trip. It's their longest road trip of the season. Um, the Ice Bowl you know, the ice castle, whatever it is, um, is a huge venue that lacks atmosphere, right? That's something that we've heard before because it's so big and a lot of times sort of empty or half filled. Um, it doesn't have this awesome atmosphere to it. Uh, the Jacks on their last few trips out there have, have won. Um, but prior to that, I remember that's kind of being like a little bit of a house of horrors, right? There's some definitely some challenges out there. Uh, so again, that's going to be a game to watch and to circle. It's not, it's not an easy road game by any means, um, but it's something to watch. The one game that I do think, um, you know, at the end of the season is maybe the Jacks, you know, I don't want to say easy, but this is the most winnable game. I think on this is November 18th uh, versus Missouri state. As I mentioned earlier, I don't expect Missouri state to be super competitive this season. I wouldn't be shocked, I guess, if they somehow pulled a playoff appearance out of, you know, the hat. But by this point in the season, I expect them to be out of the playoff race. Um, and it's just, it's just not their year. Too much, too many changes, too many good players gone at this point. Uh, and, you know, if eventually we saw like, you're going to have to do a kind of a full rebuild, kind of like what Youngstown did after you do this portal transfer thing for years and years and years, like Youngstown was building themselves up to be, um, or how, how they were building, eventually that catches up to you. And when you have a coaching change, you're going to kind of have a few down years before the new coach can kind of get his system in place and players in place and, and through there. So we'll see. But I think the Jacks are going to win that. Um, again, so I think they're going to go 
the whole season with just one loss, that being to you and I, everything else a win. Uh, that should still be good uh, for for a top four seed, top two seed, hopefully, um, when the playoffs run around. So especially if they beat Montana State and NDSU, two other teams that I think are going to be in that running for top four, top five seeds. So uh, that's where we're at there. All right. So my, my ultimate predictions here, I do think the Jacks get five teams in the playoffs, SDSU, NDSU, UND, UNI, and either Youngstown State, or I'm going to honestly say, I'm going to go with Dallas and say USD. USD has a very favorable schedule down there. Um, and it's going to be really interesting. Same with NDSU. They have a favorable schedule. They play those bottom tier five teams, Indiana State, Western, and, and Murray State. Um, you, yeah, University of South Dakota, USD plays all of those teams. So something to watch, right? That's that's set up to be very, very advantageous. They also play St. Thomas. Um, so there's four wins, hopefully, right there for USD just just before that we've even taken one snap. Um, if they can't win those games, then it probably is a time for a new regime down in USD with Bob Nielsen. And that'll be interesting too. So, all right. Rev has a question here. All right. What will be higher? SDSU's offensive totals against SIU or the check I write at the beef bowl. Oh, Rev's going to buy a steer and then he wants to barbecue it afterwards in the tailgate lot. Is that legal? Should we check with UPD first before he does that? But uh, Dustin Rev uh, Helton is going to be making his way up from Texas for the Beef Bowl, uh, first time in Brookings. So if you see Rev, he may be wearing a bunny suit again, like he did at the national championship. May not. So thanks, Rev, for coming up. All right. Thank you, KP Marshall. The trees avoid NDSU and SDSU. So, yep. Indiana State, we'll see. I like Kirk Mallory. Kirk Mallory is a coach. I think we all do. If you've listened to him in any press conferences, uh, really just a, a fun guy to listen to. I just don't know what's going on there. You know, he was someone that when he did come to Indiana State, he brought in a number of transfers. They worked out the first season he was there, and then they got bit by the injury bug super bad that second season. Uh, didn't play COVID, so we'll see. Uh, James Bond, NDSU all the way. We'll see this year. Uh, again, it wouldn't shock me. They're on what? What I saw a, a news story, uh, a revenge tour or the vengeance tour or something like that. Uh, so we'll see. They're fired up. This is an interesting year, right? That the Jacks are the team being chased by everyone now, including NDSU. NDSU is the ones that are normally used to playing with the target on their back, and we can get into that, um, you know, in in future episodes. But that's something to watch. Thanks for being here, James Bond. Appreciate you. All right, Jordan Fink. Um, I think this is the year that we finally figure out how to beat you and I in Hobode. Too much experience, and they know the history. Yes, I'm guessing the players are sick and tired of us talking about this, right? Just like the, the, the slip-up game that they were sick of hearing us talk about last year. Um, you and I in Hobode is just something – Something about it. I wish the schedule makers would have taken it into account, um, but we got to play them sometime, right? And we just have a weird schedule with only one October game at home, that being you and I. So it was kind of a natural. Um, all right. <laughs> Dustin Helton again, the most lopsided stadium in football, the Ice Palace. All right. 
So again, uh, thank you for, for those of you, the, the 50 some of you that have been here basically the whole entire time listening to me talk about the Missouri Valley. Uh, I'm sorry that we didn't have anyone else on to talk with this, you know, talk to you about this because uh, it's this is an interesting topic, right? So um, again, next week we'll be live talking about the offense, I believe. The week after that, the defense, maybe I have those flipped. Uh, Dallas has everything scheduled out for us, so really appreciate that. All right, I can't wait to get into these previews. Um, we talked about Cowboy Jacks. The Jacks did pick up a couple nice recruits the last two days, a linebacker out of Nebraska who currently plays like a safety corner, so a defensive back. Um, you know, really probably slot him in for that Isaiah Stalberg, Caleb Franzel, um, and Dayton McGoy role, right? Just someone that can really run and play in space. That looks to be his MO. And then a big mauling interior offensive lineman out of Iowa, one of those Iowa Jacks for um, for my boy Kurt. And, um, you know, he looks like a, just a mauler. So really love this offensive line class. They picked up five guys, five 605 hogs. And, uh, yeah, future of the offensive line room is bright uh, under Coach Olson. So that's exciting. All right, any other news? Any other news? Um, that's it for now. Really want to thank the Kubota dealers of South Dakota for their sponsorship of the podcast. Again, if you have work to do uh, on your farm, on your acreage, in your yard, for your business, uh, give them a call, uh, and they'll, they'll hook you up um, with what you need. Uh, for the space that you have, um, Jackrabbit Central, right? Uh, get your stuff ready for the season um, or once you get to Brookings. And then finally, uh, Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. Uh, some of the best food, right? Best fast food you can get. Um, really looking forward to having Stan Beckton have a butter burger. Um, also, oh yeah, our friends uh, from the FCS Hack City podcast, whatever it is, uh, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson are opening up their contest tomorrow. We'd like them to come back to Brookings. So follow along on Twitter as we engage with that tweet to try to get them to come back to Brookings. They had a blast two years ago, much better than their experience in Campbell. Uh, so we're going to do everything we can to get them back uh, in Brookings. And that should be fun. And finally, the announcement for the end for the 44 of you that are still here. Uh, my podcast co-host this year is going to be Chase Norblade from last year's team. So a Nebraska Jack, safety, uh, very good player whose career, you know, was disrupted by injuries, uh, but, but a really good player to do it. And I really look forward to his perspective uh, from that safety position uh, because they're kind of considered the, the uh, quarterbacks, the defense, right, is what we hear. Um, and Norblade was a, a safety for us, a really, really good one. Uh, I look forward to his insight about what we see happening on the field and helping us diagnose some plays. So, all right, with that, thank you, everyone. I'm so excited to be back. Uh, let's have a great season. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. <laughs>